0: This is Leftovers Podcast. First and foremost, we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. You can follow us on our various social media. They're always linked in the episode description. We appreciate all the support, follows, likes, and engagement. So with that, let's get into it.
1: sounds great all
2: right all right today we are talking about mike Rowe from infamy of dirty jobs uh and i can't begin to tell you guys how mad i am at this fucking dude and i just want to real quick get jason and jordan's like real quick um what do you guys think of Micro? What do you guys think of Micro before you started reading about him? What do you guys think about Micro when we were in high school, when he was on Dirty Jobs?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. I, I don't know. I always watch Dirty Jobs, and I always thought it was interesting. I thought it was cool to. See. I think I feel like the last episode we kind of I made a comment where I was like, yeah, I always would watch Dirty Jobs and think like, oh, maybe I can do that job. You know, like I'm not doing anything cooler than that with my life, so. You know, like I thought it was like a, a window into like, oh, these are some jobs that people have. And like, this is what people do, you know? And so I always thought I always thought it was cool. And he, and at that point in time, he seemed like a down to earth, like legitimate guy that was like, here, I'm just showing you all what these people do. And it made me appreciate the people that do those jobs. You know, like when I see garbage people, I'm like, no, that job needs to be done. You know, that's kind of what that show gave me, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I I've seen Dirty Jobs like because that I think was more in like the mid early two thousands I think was like when it kind of started. But I guess I kind of thought the show was interesting because at the time when it came out, in Micro, I'm like, oh, he seems like a nice guy. He's going and working with these workers or jobs that nobody wants to do or something like that. And so I thought the show was whatever kind of interesting. I didn't really think much about the guy, and like I think Micro is one of those guys that kind of. I think he kind of falls through the cracks with a lot of people. Like people don't necessarily look at Mike Rowe and be like, that guy has an ax to grind or that guy has an agenda, you know, like he seems, you know, whatever. And I think that's part of his shtick after kind of reading and looking, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just more information with him online. He's just, um, you kind of figure out he's actually just such a like crappy dude, like all the stuff that he's about, all his like pro worker stuff, it's all like a charade. And it just, I don't know. It, the more you read about Micro, the more it's irritating. So I'm glad that we're able to kind of dive into this episode because it's so much good, you know, good stuff to talk about with him. I think, it,
2: yeah, Jordan, if I can cut you off for a second, yeah. sorry. It, it's really important to talk about Micro because he does fly under the radar. There is almost like no critical media about this guy. I mean, he's been on CNN, he's off, often on Fox and Friends. Mm-hmm he's only recently gotten really political, but he still kind of has that, uh, uh, label as like a political, right. He even claims it himself. He's not a political guy, but he clearly has political beliefs. He clearly has an agenda. And that's why it's so important that like why I wanted to talk to him. I think Jason knows this like early on in leftovers podcast, like before Jordan even like came on, like I've been like talking about Mike micro. So I'm like, Hype beast with micro. I, I I don't know if this. I don't know if I'm more excited about this or the wrestling episode. I this is the pinnacle know. of your life right now. And like, because I feel the same <laughs> way. I grew up with Jason, obviously, like watching micro and being like, this is a glimpse into my future. And if you watch the show with like an uncritical eye, Dirty Jobs, especially in the first three seasons, it is like it is a good show. It is like something that it's like a view into the life that you don't normally see or people don't normally see. Mike Rowe is an incredibly affable guy. He's likable. He's very likable. It's until you figure him out, until you figure out his fucking deal. Because so I worked in a factory. The most regular listeners fucking know that for like a long time. And you'll get this on the factory floor. Like I like what Mike Rowe says. That's what people will say to you. Like Mike Rowe says the right stuff. because some of the stuff again without the uncritical eye you're like yeah fuck that right like i don't want to deal with safety people or i don't want to deal with osha or i don't want to deal with whatever but before we get really far into it i just want to kind of go into the background of this anti-union anti-minimum wage anti-college tuition reimbursement fucking dude a little bit into his background so can mike Rowe. (laughs) yeah Micro, let's fucking go. Micro, it's on site. <laughs> let me say that. Uh, so, Micro was born to middle class parents. His teacher, his his parents were teachers, and what do you know? Micro is like anti college, and he went to college. He went to community college right out of high school. He did that for two years, and then he went to a four year university. Jordan, I'm not quite sure. Is like Tolson or Tol- something like that, and. He had the very traditional going to college right out of high school experience. After college, he had some like workaround jobs, but then he joined the Baltimore Opera. This guy, who is an opera singer, is in the freaking Carhartt shirt telling us, you know what? He shouldn't join a union. When this motherfucker joined the Opera Performers Union so that he could buy into his sister's city or sister union SAG so he could follow his dreams and become a screen actor.
1: I hate this guy. I do too. It's, I think it's, you know, you bring up a great points on like how he is as a person, but he kind of comes across this certain kind of wholesome way to a lot of people that where he kind of slips through those cracks. I think for a lot of people's perception on what he's doing, um, but like, like you were saying about his college degree, like his whole like big shtick, right? A lot of times is just that college is overrated and that you shouldn't go to college and you should get a, a trade, get a job, you know, a non college degree job. But he, he went to college literally. The quote from him, himself there's an article that I pulled about, um, you know, his experience going through community college and then. He goes over to it was Townsend is who he went to, and he earned a bachelor degree. But he said he want he didn't go there specifically to get a degree, but to learn more about the areas that interested himself, including public speaking, creative writing, acting, singing, and philosophy. Buddy, that's college. You went to college and got a degree, dude. That's literally what you did. Yeah,
2: yeah. What it's for. <laughs> I mean, I think like Jason said, like, you know, I went to a bunch of college courses that I just, you you went and sat in, right? Like he could have done that too. He could have just sat in the college. He didn't have to get the degree. But well, no, he, he
0: said, he says so. all the time, oh, you can read a book, just read books. You don't have to go to a class. Just read the books. Like, why didn't you just read the books? Yeah. You could have, you could have, you know, read your way into being an actor. It's what you are. You're an actor. You're playing a part, dude.
2: Yeah. And so I think this is, this is what gets me kind of pissed about Mike Rowe, is that he's this acceptable figure in liberal and, and conservative conservative spaces. But in reality, he has this incredibly conservative neoliberal market mindset of like, unionism is bad, the minimum wage, like setting a minimum wage is bad. I mean, he often talks about how bad the $15 minimum wage would be because... I think he says, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically says, you know, those jobs that pay a minimum wage, those are like rungs on a ladder that shouldn't pay much because without those bottom rungs where you learn how to work, those part-time jobs, then the ladder doesn't work, right? And so you have to build your career, but that's, we've all found that's a, you know, (laughs) reality says that's a myth because most people who work in those minimum wage jobs that he's talking about, fast food, retail, customer service, 20s 30s 40s full-time workers again mcdonald's is open 24 7 how's a high school worker going to build his bladder rungs and how's mcdonald's going to stay in business if only students work there only people part-time jobs can work there it's kind of bullshit right and i also want to really really highlight like he joined the opera like it, he it's in the interviews with fox news he joined the opera to literally shortcut into SAG he says it so he basically got a union card to get into the union he just wanted to get into the union because the union offers benefits and job benefits and protections and benefits like and good pay for extras and stuff like that And he followed his dream and like he's telling everyone else don't follow your passion you shouldn't get paid much he doesn't overtly say i'm anti-union because he can't because then he would like kind of like disincentivize people in the union or people who are pro union away from his like working man shtick, But this guy is not pro worker. And I think we'll get into some of that and we'll dissect some of that. So after he gets into SAG, he buys his way into SAG, he starts working at QVC, He does this for three years. And um, he kind of had some small time roles. Um, and then he kind of really blew up in 2003 with 30 jobs. And this is where Micro kind of becomes like a namestay, a mainstay, name main and he becomes a household name. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't know who Micro is. Yeah. And I kind of watched some. I wanted to watch this guy on screen. Like, what did I remember so fondly about this show that I was like, this guy's a good guy for such a long time? Until you you're like, no fuck this guy actually. So. I started with the very first season, very first episode. I watched the pilot. And the first job, by the way, is a college degree holding job. It's a biologist. You can't just become a biologist. You can't just be like, I read some books at the library. Now I'm a biologist, right? And um, so it's actually this bat biologist. He goes in, inspects the cave, like bat populations and the health of the bat cauldrons um and he goes in there guess what safety third he wears a full face mat respirator um yeah okay and, and and so they basically like it kind of it's kind of advertised as like a guano harvester but they never really harvest the guano and then the second job is another bat biologist can you believe that shit another one another <laughs> biologist and um she kind of runs a, a bat hospital and they make some like bat food right it's it's very like the thing is this is where it is interesting you're like this is these are crazy jobs these are pretty gross and yeah i would never think this is something that would happen this is like where the show is like probably its true self
1: yeah exactly i think that like i i remember when i was younger watching the show and i always thought it was interesting in the way that they're highlighting real jobs that people do that are beyond a college educated career, it's not something I think that's, it's worth, it's worth highlighting and worth talking about. I think the idea of working class versus college education, I think a lot of people can get good benefit from not going to college and working in a trade or, or working in an industry and, and following whatever they can to get where they need to go. But it's just crazy to see that he would be like, so against the very industries that he pretends to support as being anti-union and supported with all of his you know oil funded anti-union type propaganda stuff that he's in, you know, we can get to that more obviously. but like it's just sad to see because it is a good thing to highlight and I think workers they deal with all sorts of you know problems, injuries, wages, unions, It really intersects in real life that people deal with on a regular basis, you know.
2: So I want to get into that, but let me finish up this little review of episode one, season one. So the third job he goes to, because these are 45 minute episodes, the pilots, and and most of his shows are actually 45 minutes. Um, Obviously, they were an hour on TV, but if you buy them now, you know, whatever. Um, So the third job he goes to is actually a guy called, they call him a mud collector. But this isn't like a job that is like advertised. This can't be done by everybody. This guy collects mud specifically for baseballs in the MLB because baseballs when they're brand new are really slick so they find this mud make the baseballs less slick I mean this guy collects them for the Phillies right and okay great okay there's one guy who does that you know what I mean like this isn't like a real show and I can kind of feel like here's where I see micro a little bit being like look there's jobs available but he doesn't really get into this he's just kind of like look at this interesting job knowing what I know I kind of had to hold that back and so in the fourth one is a, fi- a fish fillet person at a fish processing plant. Incredibly disgusting, like grind fish again, like, but I watched the whole episode and it's just, it's, it is a micro does live up to his a political standards. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's just not, it's just like, look at these jobs. They're weird and crazy and gross and dirty. And like, look, these people make a living doing this. And I think it's important just to kind of see the uh, trajectory that he goes. So Mike Rowe and Dirty Jobs itself don't really get political until season four. And he even kind of talks about this in some of his YouTube videos that he does now, whereas like for the first three seasons, man, they, they never really had injuries. They were so safe and we always thought the work site safety first people had, you know if our safety was our, our responsibility was safety their responsibility was our safety but fourth season man did we get hurt and so he comes out with this episode called safety third and this is really where he starts getting political about work and jason you know this i talk constantly about the politics of work and i think this is a good example of that and so i watched season four episode 26 called safety third and this micro says a look it's a look back at those times when i had to choose between playing it safe and getting her done this larry the cable guy motherfucker absolute horseshit uh anyway so this is the last season of the episode so he kind of sneaks it in there for you and it shows videos of him and his crew in safety briefings and they're falling asleep And then he talks about how if you think safety is someone else's responsibility, not yours, you get complacent. And I would argue if you fall asleep in your safety meeting, guess what? You're probably not gonna know your safety procedures,
0: right? Uh,
1: How how can you be prepared if you didn't learn (laughs) the information? Correct. (laughs) I wonder what that stuff is for. I wonder if there's some sort of useful benefit in understanding OSHA requirements and living up to those, I wonder what the point of Oshi is. Who knows? So
2: he's just kind of playing, being a smartass, and uh, he he continues on. He goes, "This safety meeting was two hours long, and so it put us two hours behind." And I would just like to say, Micro, you were not there to work, man. You're there to film a show, and you're like, <laughs> the work's going to get done no matter what, right? And like most workers don't sit through two-hour meetings every single day before they go to work. You had to do it because you're going to be on that job site for a day at most, maybe two days if you don't get the shots you need, right? Of course you should, like, and you're, again, you're not a trained worker in any sense. He's an actor, like, and these are camera people. Of course you need to be brought up to safety, and he got, like, so they're being in the safety briefing about confined spaces and as a former aircraft mechanic like guess what confined spaces are super fucking dangerous like i've i know guys who got stuck in the fuel tanks because they didn't follow protocols and they almost got like put into an airplane you know what i mean like permanently sealed in there <laughs> and oh, shit and so you know one of the 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 crew member that Roe talks about is like as falling asleep he goes you know what this guy larry or something i don't i didn't write down his name he was he was a marine and he's been in plenty of confined spaces and i'm sorry but a gunfight and a place where oxygen is an issue are two very separate different things both both very dangerous i'm not saying they're not the same amount of dangerous but they're just two very different understandings of things If you're not trained in either one, you're probably going to get hurt. Right. And guess what? They do. But he says, well, risk is everywhere. Risk is like Mother Nature's name. And it's just like, but these
1: are what the safety protocols are for. I mean, it's just the idea that, like, (laughs) you don't really think much about it, but like his, his, his thing of like, like safety third and like, It's such a weird thing of, like, being, like, anti-OSHA. Like, like, who would be anti-that? Like, who would be anti-safety first for workers? And, like, who in the right mind would be like that? And then you're like, why would he be like that? And then you realize that I think some of the funding that he received for all of his stuff that he's done via Koch Brothers all sorts of sort of all sorts of oil and gas money big ag big industry big 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 ag ag, big industry all that shit and it it connects to the reason why he would be anti-osha because it doesn't make sense for any working class person to be like oh yeah i'm against safety for workers as some sort of like dig like oh yeah it's manly to be anti-safety safety third how in the hell does that make sense to any, Tell that to any construction worker that works in the industry that's down in the mud, building forms, building, building framing, and you tell them safety third. They're out there risking their life already doing these things, killing their body, building these sort of things, putting their body in all these sorts of movements and contortions for years. And you're telling them safety third. It's the most like anti-worker bullshit that I've ever heard in my life. And every worker that would hear that shit would be so pissed that micro would be over here perpetrating that safety third sure sure mike the opera man safety third to the 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 college educated opera man safety third to that actor you know (laughs) i i I just think it's interesting i want to say that i think
0: maybe the dirty jobs thing started off kind of like innocently enough right like you said he was doing a dirty job collecting bat shit or whatever like like finding like, Oh, look at these are these weird, interesting jobs where people get dirty and do gross things. Like, and that's like a good premise for a TV show. Right. And I think like what you're saying now, and he gets into who's funding him and he starts putting forward a political message. It's like, I think people noticed we have an, we have an opportunity here to subtly get across the political message that would be all of this anti-union, anti-minimum like wage, anti-this, anti-that, like safety third, right? Like make people in the workplace not like this stuff that we don't want to have to follow procedure because that is commonplace. Like I've mentioned before too, working in my factory, I get people that they get pissed off about having to follow specific procedures. It's like, well, why don't we just get all the work done? I'm like, why do you care to get all of the work done? Like, that's not, like, we're here to, to follow our procedures, do them correctly, do them safely, and, like, just get as much work done as we can. But, like, that doesn't mean we got to get all the work done even if we just stop following safety procedures, you know? like and, and like you were saying, Jordan, people on job sites die. People get electrocuted and die. People get their heads fucking chopped off on work sites. Like, people lose their fucking hands, their fingers, their legs, you know, like it's real shit. And and it's the whole notion of micro saying, Oh, safety procedures are stupid. It's up to you. Yes. It is up to me for somebody else to tell me what the safety procedures are. And then, yeah, I do follow them, but they still need to put the fucking sticker up. They still need the poster up. If safety is not first,
2: the standards aren't there for you to follow. The protocol isn't there for you to follow. The protocol is safety first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They don't, when you're, when you're being trained on a job, it's not like, okay, the first thing you need to know is you have to get this much work done every single day. No, it's this, you know, most of the time it's safety shit. Hey, this is how you don't get hurt. We lift heavy stuff. So we're going to show you a 10 minute demo on how to lift something that's 40 pounds. And of course you think I know how to lift something that's 40 pounds, but like people throw their backs out all the time. And it's like, just fucking do it the correct way. And you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to properly lift something, you
1: know? They, when you look at like micro in the news, this is something I found interesting. And this is something that right-wing media does all the time is they find something that's somebody says to talk about as if it's a reality or news. So they wait for something to come out. They take it and they're like, okay, we're going to talk about this thing. They take all these things that micro says and right-wing media perpetrates them into sort of like digs or connections into why, the left is wrong about something or some sort of incorrect thing it's always it, they take these things at micro and i think it's it could be by design obviously by the media companies and whatever i don't know what hands he has with coke but he gets a lot of money from coke industries and stuff but like they use these things as like propaganda to like attack the left on things that are big government. important yeah big government right osha
2: big government i mean coming out of the new deal and all that stuff right and, and, and Jordan, I know you got a bunch of Coke stuff. I just want to real quick. There's some quotes that I think micro said in this episode that like, I don't know, made me want to like pull my eyes out and he mentions. So he says in the beginning, like I already said, this is when I needed to be safe or I needed to get it done. So I decided to get it done. Right. And he goes on to mention like a time when dirty jobs was when like, uh, he mentions billboard installation and like i just have to beg the question like does that job really need to get done no just don't you could just not put up billboards is it worth dying no no nothing is worth dying especially especially a billboard and i think i don't know you guys probably haven't seen billboards in a few years because like you guys are in washington and and i think we have billboard laws there right billboards are crazy here they're everywhere <laughs> like like they it's like wild it's like like massive big what, yeah what are yeah they like texas law hawk or you know like shit <laughs> like that you know like weird accident lawyers and stuff um, but he also harkens back to like oh you know these people would be would feel right at home a hundred years ago when safety first and good luck meant the same thing this is just an example like of like a really bad right-wing libertarian underhanded comment of like big government responsibility is yours you know what i mean like it's just such a bad the whole safety third thing is literally just like a libertarian talk talking point of like it's your responsibility to be safe and yes it is but it's also the 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 job of the provide uh, the job the employer to provide a safe working space because i can't be safe if the space isn't safe to work in and I think that's what micro misses and a lot of people miss. We take for granted the things, those laws that we see as like overbearing. And we, we, we say, well, the company is just like this now. That's why it's the same thing with like, well, we don't need unions anymore because we have HR departments. No, because those things are safeguards against shortcuts that the company can take to save money and hurt you because you're replaceable. The worker is replaceable. And I think that's what's so frustrating about it. And, and Jordan, I wanted to like kind of talk about some of those like Coke injuries that you brought up. And and, and because like it's so important to understand where micro is coming from. Micro says the safety third step for a reason. And he's backed by Coke and he started saying this stuff
1: about the same time. So Jordan, hit me with the facts, dude. Yeah. It's like when you look at like the he's gotten a lot of money from like Coke. For for his foundation, the MicroWorks Foundation, um, but just personally, he's received money um, from them a lot, of, a lot of money, and I think it's kind of interesting because a lot of the same ideals he holds are lined up directly with with Coke Industries, and you see these interviews like where he's talking about all these like you know anti like oh OSHA's bad. Like he has this story about the guy, there's this guy that got fined $1,200 for having a bent ladder, the ladder on the one rung was bent. And he thought that was ridiculous. He tries to like paint OSHA some unnecessary tool that doesn't produce any sort of positive benefit for workers. It only gets in the way, his whole safety third shtick that he has. But like, it made me like think about it and be like, okay. So he's like anti-OSHA for whatever reason. Why would he be anti-OSHA? And you see the money connection there. And I'm like, well, what does OSHA do? Like, what is the whole purpose of like OSHA like being in a work environment? Like, what why did they come around? Like, what are they supposed to be doing? Um, and you start looking at like what worker life was before OSHA, and you kind of get an understanding of like what OSHA has done to help reduce things. Like when I pulled up a couple articles that I found that when you look at like workplace deaths since OSHA, I think it came around the 60s or 70s when they put in OSHA, but workplace deaths have reduced 66%, 66%, uh, and injury illness rates have reduced 67%. So over half, all while US employment has doubled. So it's, it's so in, yeah. Oh yeah. Third. Yeah. Uh, It's over, over a third, two thirds. And it's just crazy to see that like, okay, OSHA has a direct impact on reducing worker deaths all while doubling employment in the U S since the seventies. And so when Mike Rowe talks about, Oh, OSHA, this OSHA, that they're wrong and bad. Well, Coke industries is the reason that Mike Rowe hates OSHA is because Coke industries, the Coke bros hate, hate OSHA, why? Well, the Koch brothers have been fined by government agencies for violations from EPA, OSHA, all sorts of of almost a billion dollars since the, since the year 2000. A billion dollars. Fines. Think about that. Since the year 2000. So I wonder why Koch would be against OSHA and all these sort of things. But then it, it kind of gets you to understand that what OSHA does and what companies would love to get away with if they didn't have to deal with OSHA you look at these fines, I, I I was able to dig up some fines that got levied against uh, Coke Industries for terrible, terrible things that happened to workers all over. So when Mike Rowe talks about OSHA, oh, they find a guy for $1,200 for having a bent ladder. Good. I'm glad because you don't want defective equipment for workers. That's illegal. There's a reason why OSHA has that in place. But two, the reality of the situation is that osha has fined a shit ton of the cook brothers a shit ton of times over things for all sorts of terrible deaths of that occurred to workers all all like i have a ton of them written up here to kind of cover like a few of them like this is terrible stuff that happened to workers is that like here's one right here where he's talking about this happened in 2009 a press operator pulled a piece of card from, from the press he let with his left hand simultaneously activating the job switch button, the paper broke, causing his hand to be pulled in the machine, crushed bones, ligament, his hand and forearm, amputation, they got violated, they got fined by the the OSHA over $15,000 for that sort of situation. But then it goes on to all these sorts of different things of people dying, falling into tanks and dying, and all these compliance failings of workers. And it just goes to show the reason the coke is getting fined is because they're constantly violating safety protocols that maim and kill workers for decades and micro is somehow against OSHA because of that and the thing is it's not just coke industries that wants these
2: these this because coke industries and other other businesses like it will tell you oh we want we don't we don't necessarily want to be unsafe we want to self regulate we just don't think the government should regulate us but the problem with self regulation is You just ignore it until someone dies, right? Or you don't even fix it then. Like I worked for a big Fortune 50 company and I know a guy who has both legs taken off. Both of them on the job. He has no more legs. I know a guy who got cut from the shoulder to the chest by a drill. Because... And these were things that people told them about and they and but they're so self-regulated now osha is so integrated in they're so outside of the the rulemaking doesn't matter until someone's dead or loses their legs and that's the
0: danger of this kind of stuff
2: the danger of
0: this rhetoric. i just think also when people talk about like oh osha is coming in and finding these companies i don't think finding a company is enough Like you find a company that's worth so much money. It's like nothing to them. It it sucks. And they're like, yeah, we don't want a billion dollars in fines. Obviously they don't want that, but they know that they can pay it and then be like, okay, yeah, we just won't do that anymore. Like
1: the cost of doing business.
0: Yeah. The cost of doing business. I mean, it's just like how people think that civilian deaths are just a cost of war that we just have to like ignore, like, Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But like, OSHA should be like, no, this, <laughs> fuck this company. Koch brothers don't run this, but we're going to come in and, you know, like this is a state owned company now and we're going to keep these people working, but we're going to fucking regulate them. Not these people that are letting people die on the job. Like, especially like you said, for some stupid job, like a billboard or some stupid, like anything, any job that just seems so dumb, like well, for the example, working in like-
2: Amazon. We, yeah, so working so. at Amazon. The, the, the 2009 example Jordan was saying they paid the guy fourteen thousand dollars, or they got fined fourteen thousand dollars. What is that to the Koch brothers? Nothing.
1: Nothing. So when Mike Rowe talks about his anti-OSHA stuff, his safety third stuff, it's all a bunch of pop. It's all a bunch of propaganda, directly from the Koch brothers that serves to only line their pockets. The whole idea is to create a wedge and create a, uh, an anti-union, anti-regulation pitch to towards the left or liberal circles. It blows my mind that like the, the amount of liberal circles that he gets into or that people don't know, my friends or people like Mike Rowe, now that we're talking about Mike Rowe, people, don't, people would be like, I don't know about Mike Rowe, he seems like a nice guy. And then you actually look at him and 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 you know discover these sorts of things and it's just it's gross it's gross that this guy that has a net worth of 30 million dollars he's think about if you got 30 million and you're sitting here like actively working with the Koch brothers to like dismantle OSHA and unions like what kind of evil motherfucker are you man who does that you got 30 mil go on vacation I mean I think Jason you wrote in the group
2: chat like he's an actor man it sucks but like it's the same thing it's it's it reminds me and this i didn't write this at all this just came to my mind like it reminds me of donald trump like somehow some rich guy got is telling the working class about the working class experience more so than any leftist or working class person is able to do
0: and it just it sucks
2: like and micro
0: sucks like uh, I, I would even argue that I don't even know if he actually holds any of those political beliefs or if he's just a, a, a puppet, a figure, you know, yeah, yeah. they're using, cause he's good. He's likable. Like you say, he's a likable person and like, he seems humble and down to earth. And like, but yeah, he just says things that make sense. Like that's what people said about Donald Trump too. But when you actually look at Donald Trump, you're like, no, he doesn't make sense. He's a fucking, he's a moron. He doesn't hold anything to, to value except for himself and his money, like and his worth, that's all it is. Like, And uh, that's exactly how I see Mike Rowe
1: as well. He's quoted as saying, um, don't follow your passion, follow opportunity. So obviously Mike Rowe saw the opportunity dollar signs in his eyes to be a mouthpiece for Koch brothers, any sort of hand or connection he get in to produce his grift, he's going to do it. And I said, when you look at him on Facebook, he tries to be an apolitical a guy or not. And it's extremely obvious when you look at him that he's obviously a very political guy. And like, there was this post about him, like about his graduates in the micro works and somebody commented and was like, well, why don't you thank the unions for that? And like, this is just some random comment on Facebook. The guy has like 7,000 comments on his stream for a post. And he takes the time to like, Attack this guy that was like thank the unions and he has this big long like diatribe about how you, <laughs> whatever anti-union stuff that he wants to talk about. I'm clearly like clearly word searching uh, union. Yeah, like imagine me like having a net worth of 30 million dollars, producing content, having seven thousand comments, and then scrolling and finding the guy that was like, Hey, you know, thank the unions, dude. I mean, can and you okay? Like, we have like, right, like, what? like 65 followers on instagram right now could
2: you imagine replying to someone who was like hey i think you're a piece of shit and you're like (laughs) okay you know what i mean like like we have a net worth of maybe a million dollars tops (laughs) like with the value of the product i'll be able to make in the future you know what i mean like whatever yeah we're no one you know what i mean and mike Rowe is like no unions this guy sucks you know like seriously fuck this guy but uh so I, I just want to kind of name up, say a, a few of these injuries, Jordan, that, that this guy is, that Coke is in Norian. I'm just going to read a few of them off.
1: Yeah, and so please. Georgia
2: Pacific was bought in by Coke industries in 2005. And, um, so th- these are some Georgia Pacific accidents since 2005, big Island, Virginia, 2016, a worker trying to clear a machine fell through a hole in a pulper tube and drowned. Uh, GMP was only fined $85,000. 2006, a worker on a catwalk was welding when an air pressure relief valve released steam and a waste product called black liquor forced him to uh, against the guardrail, which gave way. The worker fell 30 feet to another catwalk and was killed, $65,000. October 2013 a worker was adjusting a paper machine with a core chuck arm came down crushing and killing him $27,000 2014 a worker was crossing a runway at a designated walkway when she was struck by an industrial truck she sustained multiple internal injuries which turned out to be fatal $35,000 these are these are all under $40,000 except for the $85,000 one for the life of someone that's wild that's clearly obviously not the settlement that they paid the people <laughs> can you imagine killing seven people and still being eight? like jason in your restaurant seven people die and you're just able to keep <laughs> hiring workers you know what i mean you're like i don't know they just keep no getting their as long as i just pay the juicer as
0: long as i just like pay here yeah. here you go yeah. yeah, I'm sorry I broke the rules. <laughs>
2: They're yeah. like,
0: oh, yeah, it's fine.
2: It's crazy, man.
1: And um, so I don't know where, you, where do you want to go from there, Jordan. I, I just have – I know I already said this. I already said this line, but it contrasts well with what exactly that you're saying. I have to quote Mike Rowe again. I'm talking about OSHA being anti-OSHA, and he tries this example. Quote, quote Mike Rowe. I don't know how long your article is, but I could tell you stories of farmers I've met at FFA conventions that were fined $1,200 because a rung on their ladder was bent. And then then he quotes going, nobody steps on the fucking bottom rung of the ladder. Quote, they certainly don't, at least real men don't. How did it get bent? Think about those words that Mike Rowe is using to minimize OSHA compliance. Comparatively to the stories which are reality-based stories that Koch brothers, the very fund, the very people that fund him, perpetrate these deaths due to non-compliance of OSHA, of these terrible deaths of people that are here and then they're gone. Their families, all these people that live and ha- these workers that go to their jobs and then they die. These terrible deaths. It's a result of non-compliance with OSHA. And here's Mike Rowe joking about it like it's some non, non, non-needed thing for workers, for anybody, for unions or anything. It's just sickening. It's sickening, not to mention the continued lie that, oh, this small-time
2: farmer. Bullshit, there is no small-time farmers in America anymore. One in a million, you know what I mean? Like, these are big farmers.
1: What was this, Foster Farms? And and you notice that he always frames his conversation as if it's an anti-thing, but it's always towards the owner of the company. Not the workers that endure those things, but the bottom line against the productivity or the workers that they endure those things. That's how you can tell it's a bunch of bullshit. In his episode, Safety Third, he said the, the first thing should,
2: the number one, it should be the business of business. No, I want to go home.
0: <laughs> alive. I think my family alive. wants me to alive too. Yeah. I think it's funny digits. that Yeah, right. I think it's funny that he tries to play off being apolitical. I hate when people claim to be apolitical that are clearly not. Like, you have an agenda, you have... I just hate people that are apolitical in general. Like, no, you have a political opinion. Like, you're either just not saying it or you don't realize the politicalness of what you're saying. And I think that Mike Rowe, I don't think he actually thinks he's apolitical. In you 100%. know, just own up to it. Say it. You're a fucking conservative, and then lose how many of your fucking left wing people that don't know how shitty you actually are, and like how against the things they believe in that they actually are. Like, just just own up to it. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a fucking left wing person. Like, say it. Just say it. I believe in those ideals. That that's what you do, Micro. You do. Yeah, uh, it's
2: it's kind of annoying, and I so I kind of want to do talk just a minute about like safety industry so having worked in the factory i worked in like safety was a big deal there was like a safety department osha was there quite a bit right and and i will say there are problems with the safety industry there are i like firsthand i was a safety guy i didn't know what i was doing someone was like you want to be safety guy okay you're a safety guy because i told people to like be careful and, and you know on ladders and stuff like that right and (laughs) Like, uh, like the problem with the safety industry is that like the people on the floor with floor experience, like doing the actual job are not the people regulating it. Right. And so there is a disconnect sometimes between worker and safety regulator, but this is a hierarchy that micro is defending because to get those government state administrative jobs, you have to have a degree. But he says only get a degree if you can afford it. So I can't afford it. So I went to work in a factory, right? So now I can never impact that safety matter. So and of course, he's just
0: further propagating it. No, you just work hard enough, and then you'll make enough money to go to school. <laughs> That's how it works.
1: That's what he did. You just yeah. joined the opera, dude. <laughs> If you thinking. if you lose if you lose enough digits in your job that you're doing manual labor, then you'll make it to the top. Like yeah. the, the guy is so like against the very things he tries to pretend that he's that he's kind of fighting for yeah. and that shtick it really just I, I it get kind of wears thinks
2: a little bit with the pledge stuff, but he's literally like trying to propagate like an old world nobility class where there's a permanent underclass of workers like is i i don't want to get into it yet because i want to get into it in the sweat pledge and whenever you guys are ready to go there i'm definitely ready to go there but jordan i don't want you to get your piece out
1: yeah i and there's so many like we can jump into we can jump into this okay. like safety third work smart stuff i feel like it's worth definitely worth worth covering now i feel like the the big thing with like all all the micros like safety third like work smart and hard like anti like intellectualism that's what it seems like it boils down to and like don't question your safety of your job environment and just work hard and do anything that the boss says like like he misses the mark on like the concept of what these things are these mechanisms that are part of job jobs that people work in more manual labor whatever type of job trade jobs and This idea that work smart and hard. First, he says work. He says no, not work smart and hard. Not work smart. I can't remember what he says. Work smart, not hard. Exactly. So it's work smart, not hard, right? But that's not really the normal. That's not what it's said normally. Like I grew up from a construction background. It's work, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. That's that's it's. You could say work smart, not hard, but I've never heard it that way. Really, it's work smarter. I know it's weird that he framed it. I think he frames it like that to help like his messaging. I don't Absolutely. know, but really like the terminology is work smarter, not harder, which the whole idea of work smarter not harder is to think about what you're doing to try to plan your situation so that you're being more proficient and efficient in the job function that you're doing. So think ahead. Ergo, working smarter equals working harder because you're more fr- more efficient in the job that you're doing. That's the concept of work smarter, not harder. Not that you should work smart, but not work hard. That's not <laughs> the idea. So like he completely misrepresents the whole idea of that construction. I don't know, idiom, whatever it's called, of work smarter, not harder, you know? It's- yeah. So
2: I really wanted to watch way more dirty jobs than I did because I got sucked in this YouTube YouTube series called, um, let me scroll down so I can give you the actual name, unpacking the sweat pledge. And what this sweat pledge is, is this like micro thing where it's just like 12 commandments of Microisms, I don't know. He never really explains to you what the sweat pledge is. It's just like a series to, and it's very like Prager U style, right? And, and it's like cartoons and stuff like that, making it real simple. But there's like 12 pledges. And, and, and you can buy one of these things if you want one for $12. So Micro is selling you a piece of paper for $12. It's probably printed on Georgia Pacific paper. Um and Yeah, I'm gonna wait for Jordan to get back. So the first part of the sweat pledge is pledge one. I believe that I have won the greatest lottery of all time. I am alive, I walk the earth, I live in America. Above all things, I am grateful so he tells this clearly fake story explaining this pledge about a near miss car accident where Roe is driving and doesn't see the need to slow down for a yellow or for a red light, because he knows it's going to turn green. Just magically knows he sees around the other light and he's like, I see it. It's turning yellow. It's going to go. I'm going to make it. So he's going through this intersection and another truck comes barreling through the perpendicular intersection and takes his tow off. Okay. This is where Micro gives himself up. This guy is not from the working class. You want to know why? Because this is either a false story or your tow hitch wasn't hooked up correctly. <laughs> you can't shear a tow hitch off. No. Without affecting the direction of either vehicles. He just keeps driving and the truck keeps driving. No, because tow hitches it's are like only it... connected to at the, the frame, frame. they're to the frame of the vehicle. That has been So you're lying.
0: Or you fucking don't know how to work a toilet. He obviously fell asleep during driver's ed too, just like the safety <laughs> seminar. Yes, <so>. yes. <laughs> clearly he, he did. Right. Oh, red light! I'm just yeah. gonna floor it. I don't believe in OSHA
2: anymore.
1: Anyway. <laughs> that Stuff them in a cage. <laughs> you know they don't need any room. 16 hours a day. Get the kids in there. Who cares?
0: Yeah.
2: So this clearly made up story, but he's using it to sell the idea of like the next day I woke up and I was so grateful for life for only a few days because it wears off. And then he goes on to say that Americans no longer are satisfied with the things that America provides. The idea that we eat every day. We no longer like we don't really have we have like instant gratification for everything. He's like completely ignoring the idea of like childhood poverty or like childhood hunger you know what i mean like never mind that this is just for get white out of it. americans right like this this isn't for you you, you dummy and it's so frustrating because rose he's, he's saying we should appreciate these people that feed us right if you look into it you he's saying we should appreciate the people who feed us because his main story is about feeding people the people who feed us Agricultural workers, chefs, guess what? Those jobs suck really bad. They're super unsafe. They don't get paid well. But if we just said thank you more, maybe it would be better for them.
0: Bullshit. I've never thanked a chef, so I don't know how that turns out. <laughs> like, I think I think also to comment on that though, like, not that we take these things for granted because a lot of people know, yeah, I eat every fucking day, but also how much food gets thrown out every fucking day. That also happens in America. People are starving while people are overeating. Also while food is being thrown out. Also while the people that are producing the food can't afford to eat. Like that's the fucking problem. I'm not, not thankful that I get to eat every day. That's not the issue. The issue is that everybody in the chain of fucking work gets shit on while I get to have the fucking meal. That's the part that sucks. Like you you admit your, yeah, I get my happy meal. Like, that's the part that sucks. I'm not ungrateful that I get to be fed. Everybody should be able to have that. It shouldn't be based on the current fucking model that we're distributing food. So right. fuck you. That
1: Continue. profit-driven model of like food is part of the problem with capitalism of like I've always felt that food is a resource. <laughs> it's it's a public it's a it's a public sphere of thing that people that people need to survive and that the privatization of food is like one of the failings I think of capitalism because it shows so much all the time. You highlight you highlighted it perfectly, Jason.
2: Yeah, and so it, it just kind of like pledge one kind of begs the question, and at least his debunking of it or whatever his defense of it in the video. It's like if these jobs are do these are jobs that need to be done, not like billboard hanging, right? We should pay these people. Should we not like? Should we not pay agriculture? Like how often are agricultural workers? wanting to go on strike. How often are they migrant field workers that get shit on by an entire half of the population or get labeled as, oh, they're just migrant workers. They're almost treated worse just because of who they are. And Mike Rowe is like, we should appreciate them but not pay them more. They shouldn't unionize. I mean, think about Cesar Chavez and trying to organize migrant workers in California i'm sure micro wouldn't like that very
1: much uh uh, i would say no and the whole concept of the sweat pledge in general like if you go to this stupid website i hope you don't but if you like somehow get twisted into it at the top of that whole sweat pledge it says like we believe skill and work ethic aren't taboo no one said that they were and this is the whole thing it's a fucking straw man dude straw man. no yeah. one said skill and worth ethic or taboo taboo no one has said that in ever the existence of humanity if you like skill and work ethic work ethic or taboo like what the hell does that mean no they're not people talk about it all the time it's good to have a skill it's good to have work ethic what's wrong with that yeah no one said that that people were against that what is that goddamn straw man so pledge to
2: I, i'm gonna i'm gonna get you guys' thought oh, virgin thought on this before i go into my my rant pull it uh, up
1: jason pull it up on the on the internet just search sweat pledge
2: micro. Uh, I'll, I'll just read it i believe okay. that i am entitled to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness nothing more i also understand that happiness and the pursuit of happiness are not the same thing
0: yeah i know that too and i think that's why it's stupid (laughs) the pursuit of happiness is dumb no (laughs) i know the difference too and that's why i think that sentence is stupid yeah
1: yeah like i i'm sorry micro i was pursuing happiness and i broke my arm and now i can't pursue happiness it's my fault i'm sorry micro pursuing
0: happiness sounds like following your passion which he doesn't want
1: you to do (laughs) yeah So, so opportunity we're missing out guys This is what we're missing out on. We don't need to follow our passion. We need to follow opportunity. We just need to get a hold of the Coke bros and get some money. No,
0: We all need to go out and get jobs at McDonald's right now and be working (laughs) the night shift instead of doing this podcast. We're making bucks.
2: Hustle, baby. Money mindset. 24-7 hashtag money mindset. I'm fucking taking that hashtag. We're turning that into a left wing hashtag and it's an insult from now on.
1: I'm taking
2: it. Okay, yep. so Mike Rowe tells another piece of shit story. And this one might actually be real. Um, he talks about how he's hosting, he's, he's like auditioning for acting, hosting, personality roles, like any job he could get. And he really, really, really wanted to be the Daily Show host before it was the first person to did the Daily Show, but, it, but he failed. And he says, he is glad I, he, he says, I'm glad I failed. I didn't get the job I wanted because if he had, he wouldn't have been able to start dirty jobs. And this kind of gives Micro away again, again, again. Like he will do anything for money. He will say whatever you want him to say for money. This guy has wanted to be a mouthpiece his entire life. All I wanted to do was do a thing where I, some, I could talk and get paid. Following
1: your dream, buddy. He's working smart, not hard. <laughs> smart, working smart and hard apparently. So this, this- also. Yeah, good. Go ahead, Jim. go ahead, Jordan. Uh, are, were you getting into pledge three or what pledge no, were you reading? I, 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 I'm,
2: I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'll start highlighting them. Okay. So this also ignores like a very, I'm on pledge two still. This okay, also okay. ignores some very basic understandings of what workers are asking for with higher wages, like benefit demands. And it's like pursuits of happiness cannot be had if you work and you live in poverty. Because you have no time, energy, or resources to pursue those things that make you happy. Wages and like life-saving benefits have to be in place. And if those aren't provided by the worker, which I don't think they should be provided by the worker either. It should be provided by the fucking government. But if we can't have that, then the workers should do it. Or the workplaces should do it, right? It's like you can't do those things in poverty. You cannot pursue happiness. No one's expecting you to be happy. I think people are expecting kind of like – it's like a bait and switch, kind of like you're saying, Jordan. No one's saying, I have to be happy. Everyone's saying, like, I just want to live, man. Like, I, I don't want to,
1: like, starve. Micro type pledge number two. While he was, like, looking at the Mona Lisa – listening to beethoven eating shark fin soup writing fucking pledge to like this fucking guy like Like on a fucking soapbox happiness is shark fin soup
0: while staring at the (laughs) mona lisa guys it's not money you can't you can't get that
1: okay you can't get that you have to earn that you have to earn it like he's just sitting up there and like typing his insane pledges I want, I want to know who did, like, the graphic artwork for these pledges. They're so, like, messed up. It's yeah. <laughs> so messed up, dude. It looks like some weird, like, Christian church camp animation. You know, it's like he hired some, like, defunct church camp animator
2: Oh yeah, to do oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Jordan, you want to read
1: uh, Pledge 3? Kind of highlight it yeah. for you. Yeah, so Pledge 3... It says man it's this animations terrible It says pledge three I believe that I believe there's no such thing as a bad job. I believe that all jobs are opportunities it's up to me to make the best of them. No some jobs are bad. One time I was working a job and I slipped through like I was working at a, a warehouse job and I slipped through the uh, warehouse door and the semi truck and hurt my leg and I never went back to that job. That was a bad job. There's nothing I could have <laughs> went with opportunity it just sucked. That happens. Some jobs fucking suck, and they're not worth the opportunity. Trust me. Especially if they're if they're micro minimum wage jobs, right? Like, goddamn dude, poverty wage jobs, bust your hand, lose your arm, shit, like,
2: dude,
1: fuck off, micro.
2: I mean, so this one, micro tells this story about how he applied to a movie theater in 1980 when he first graduated high school his first job, and he says he was paid minimum wage, which was only $2.90 an hour, but he worked hard and moved his way up. And within the matter of a year, he was making 10 bucks an hour as the projectionist, which I would say is probably untrue. Um, And also, I mean, not to mention the minimum wage in 1980 was $3.10, so not 290. He's either lying or forgetting his year. Sorry, Mike, which is it? He says this knowing It is a talking point of the right-wing media that minimum wage laws are too high and shouldn't be raised because you can see on his boomer facebook page like it'll be like i used to get paid a dollar an hour and i never complained yeah inflation of cost of living has gone up not to mention the economy has changed right and like Housing prices are higher, education is higher, food prices are higher, corporate and executive pay and bonuses are higher than ever. And this is where he kind of does that rungs of a ladder thing. Hmm. Where he's like, oh yeah, you know, you shouldn't get paid, you know, well, for these first jobs because they teach you how to work. The employer isn't giving you a lesson. You are
0: helping the employer. <laughs> like, that is it. So. That's 100%. It. I would say that as an employer, we hire people because we need fucking help. That's it. I'm not like, yeah, sure. If somebody needs an opportunity and they're like, oh, I haven't much experience. And it's like, that's cool. That's fine. But like, we're just going to pay you uh, what we pay you, which is over minimum wage. And it's because we want fucking help. Like <laughs> that's 100%. It. We just need to get the work done in the day. And that's why you're here. You know, like that's it uh yeah jason, are you on the duck sorry go ahead jordan. yeah i'm on the
1: dock. anyway go ahead jordan uh yeah i was gonna say pledge five like i don't know if you want to tackle this one jacob like the i deplore debt yeah yeah i was gonna like there.
0: we're still
2: on pledge four though okay i want to okay. get through pledge all four. these these are all
0: okay really good yeah. yeah let's hit them all let's yeah. hit them all go ahead jason okay so pledge four i do not follow my passion i bring it with me i believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm <laughs> This one's funny because like, I, I obviously have passions outside of like any job I've ever done. Right. Like I really like playing music and, uh, it's really funny because like, I've literally gotten jobs in the interview being like, yeah, look, you know, like my passion, I like to play music. I'm in a band. I do that. Like on the weekends, sometimes on weekdays, I just want a job that is like, just, I can come and do, and then I go home and then I can do whatever I want when I go home. That's all I want. And like, I, that's it. I don't bring my passion into work. I just come in and yeah, I work and I get the job done. I do what's asked of me, but like, I don't know, like, I wouldn't call that a passion. You know what I mean? Like. A passion do,
1: to not live on the streets. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. I mean, like, I get what he's saying. Cause I think some people do reach that point where they don't have anything else and they, they just dedicate their whole lives to, to, to work. And if that's what somebody wants to do with their life and that's all they have, then that's all they have. But like to tell other people, no, your passion should be whatever you're doing. I get it. Put your enthusiasm into something, you know, you're dealt a certain hand and you have to fucking live with that. That's I, I'm not opposed to that advice, but like fucking that has nothing to do with like, yeah, everybody should be just be passionate about the job they do, even if it sucks. And then you'll 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 win real happiness from doing that. It's not true.
2: So pledge five is I deplore debt and do all I can to avoid it. I would rather live in a tent and eat beans and borrow money to pay for a lifestyle I can I can't afford. Like, okay, first of all, I hate it. I hate. What this isn't this isn't the 1930s where people are like with their little knapsack on a stick and you know eating beans by the river and it's all fine or whatever. Homelessness is a crime now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to borrow money no matter what did you live in society, and like this is some Dave Ramsey stuff, like some Christian. I don't like debt type stuff, and I think it's
1: because he has some ties, right, Jordan? Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> When I read Pledge 5, it reminded me of this story of, like, one of my good friends worked at, like, a FedEx warehouse. And, like, one of the guys that worked at the warehouse literally lived in a tent, like, next to the warehouse, but, like, was, like, weirdly right-wing. And I feel like he was, like, a rope. Mitero- he was, like, a sweat pledge dude, now that I think about it, because he literally lives in a tent. And probably eats beans. And he reads pledge five and, and is like, yes, thank you, Micro. <laughs> <Like, doing> <laughs> so fucked up. But like Pledge Five is like insanity. Like I deplore debt. Like, you know, you know how rich people, you know how rich people get money? They already have money. The only way like deplore debt, like do you, sometimes the only way that you can get ahead? I get a mortgage. Well, that's debt. I you're saying I shouldn't get it buy a house because unless I can pay for it okay. cash up fund. You got hundred thousand?
0: Yeah. You got half a, a mill laying around?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like it's just it like perpetrates like poverty. He's like it's it's like micro loves poverty. That's my take. Yeah. 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 And like you said, we're
0: poor, so we have to borrow money to make more money because that's the only way to do it. Like it because sucks accident- too. I I I hate debt too, but you have to fucking do it. Like it's the only way to, to get to a next step.
2: Which is so funny to say on a personal level, because this is what big corporations do anyway. Like how, how high finance shit works. Like you borrow and leverage and you <laughs> leverage on your borrowings and you're like, whatever. Right. Like I'm not an econ guy, but like, I'm not a finances guy, but it's like big businesses borrow all the time. Like not not coke industries apparently coke industry definitely does like they get subsidies from the government <laughs> they get like loans from the government they give like the government gives loans to other countries to buy american-made products that is debt that is debt it's all debt you deplore debt okay it's just another bright-wing talking point of like oh the deficit is too high people are too much debt student loan debt is bad who did i paid dude. for you my
0: know? own college
2: yeah i worked my
0: way through it yeah
2: i paid for it in cash you know (laughs) i paid for it all and and so this one really got me uh so he he says student loans are bad that we have to let call like oh we've let colleges reign free of how much they will charge for an education and Roe is so close right here he is so close to understanding the actual point of it yes we have we have we have let them reign free You know what we should do? Reign them in with a state so that they can't charge to get the same benefits that fucking Mike Rowe did so that education is subsidized because an educated people is good for the entire country. It's not just, oh, you work hard and you do stuff. No, we like glorify our founders, the most educated, privately educated people in the world. Oh, they were farmers though. No, motherfucker, they were taught in their homes by one professor from France. And it's so frustrating to hear this stuff because, like, he has a liberal arts degree. Mike Rowe has a liberal arts degree. He's telling working class people, don't go get a degree. Why wouldn't I? Maybe I want to be on TV, Mike. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't do that. Leave it to Mike. That sounds like a passion. And I would also yeah. like to ask the question like, would Mike Rowe hire you if you didn't have a degree to be on his film career? No. Mike it Rowe wouldn't would, hire no. you at all if you didn't have if you didn't have a degree. He wouldn't even talk to you. Mike Rowe wouldn't talk to anybody. He wasn't getting paid to.
1: Like, I know that the dude's super secretive about his personal life and stuff. And like, it's hard to know. Like, I've done some research. It's hard to know anything about him as like a person beyond this like Coke microphone that he represents. And I feel like he's an asshole. Like, I bet he like goes to like restaurants and like berates the staff for not having enough ice in his water or some shit, you know? Definitely doesn't tip good. Yeah. He tips like he doesn't doesn't believe in tips. He tips 4%. Yeah, exactly. That's him. That's my girl. Yeah. He he takes trips to visit places where minimum wage is really low and then doesn't tip intentionally because <laughs> he's like, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a stepping ladder. So you need to step out of poverty because I think Americans, some Americans deserve poverty apparently. I as an American think other Americans should live in poverty for whatever reason. I think that. Even if you're in poverty, if you're in the USA, you
0: won the lottery. So. <laughs>
2: So I think this is the last one we're going to get to for this episode, but pledge six is I believe that my safety is my responsibility. And this is the safety third one. I understand that being in compliance does not necessarily mean I'm out of danger. And okay. I went in on this one. Jordan and Jason know, because they can see my notes. It's like a page in itself, just as pledge. just pledge. <laughs> because it's so frustrating because he talks some about something that I'm like, intimately familiar with like he talks about this story where he's on a four foot scaffold and he's told to put on a safety harness and he says well the harness was longer than the fall would have been and i just have to say that's not it okay you don't know what you're talking about micro first it's of my all the, the first and foremost like Let me introduce myself. How do I know about harnesses? I wore them on an aircraft manufacturing floor for like every day for years, like on top of like wings. I know all kinds of them. One, there's a bunch of different lengths. Like you probably grabbed the wrong one, Mike. Two, (laughs) there are two major types, like two major types. Fall protection, fall restraint. Fall protection protects you from hitting the floor. Protects you from hitting the ground, right? Has an impact telescoping mechanism. So it is like this. And then when it hits a point of impact, it expands and then it softens your land or your softens your fall. It should be worn in situations where you're high above the ground. You have no risk of the thing. It's of hitting the ground, right? So those are normally longer. That's if you're like 10 feet up or higher. And then you're dangling and you need someone to rescue you but fall restraint prevents you from falling by use of a pulley a one-way locking pulley you tension the cords so that and these are super long cords but you tension them yeah. so that you if they don't fall at all you have no risk of falling because even if you go to the furthest point you won't fall it's like a preventative measure It's so frustrating because I know so much about these stupid restraints. And he's obviously just lying about this story. You didn't sleep during the seminar about safety restraints. No, because the (laughs) thing is, like, and here's my thing with safety in general. Like, yes, sometimes it seems arbitrary that you're putting on the harness to do a false thing, but it's like practice makes perfect. When you do it in situations where you don't think you need it, it'll be there when you do that is what safety measures are there for and then the thing is I have personal experience of being an idiot on the job site like because when I was young and I worked in the factory floor I was like I thought I was untouchable and then one day I fell off like a 12-foot ladder I should have been harnessed in I should have been using points of contact I shouldn't have been carrying the stuff I was carrying what do I say that's on me yeah, safety is my responsibility. But guess what? I didn't follow the safety protocols. So Mike Rowe's is going to tell me, "Oh, you're just being complacent." Yeah, exactly. I was. I thought I was above the safety protocols. That safety third. That sucks. It's humbling, and humi- like you just learn to be. You learn humility in an instant because you twelve. You fell eight feet or whatever. <laughs> you're like uh shit (laughs) right and like it's so weird because it's like I just feel so passionate about the safety stuff because it does save lives and if it doesn't save lives it literally like protects you from being like life-changingly mangled or injured like if safety, if better safety measures or ergonomic metric, like metrics or protocols had been in place, like I would have like a better hip. I have messed up hip. Like it hurts right now. <laughs> like and it will probably for the rest of my life, right? Because these measures weren't in place. Because someone has this idea that micro is right, safety third, it's a it's your responsibility. What if I don't know? What if you don't know? Every single aspect of a safety incident. Jordan, when you fell through that truck, you didn't know that could happen. Right? like you didn't
1: even think about it. No, and I remember at the time they were like, all like, oh, are you okay? And looking back now, I mean out was this is 12 years ago. This is a long time ago. And they were like, Oh, are you okay? oh, we want to make sure, okay, if you need to take the day off, because I found out that their setup for the trucks was not OSHA regulated. They didn't want to get fined. They didn't care about me personally. They cared about the bottom line of the situation and how I would react. So they downplay the situation, pretend like it's no big deal, to not have you understand OSHA requirements and realize what you're putting yourself into at risk when you go into a job. That's the whole purpose of OSHA. I don't think OSHA is perfect. I think they've done a lot of things that maybe are incorrect or whatever. I'm not saying they're a perfect regulatory body, but they're a good regulatory body. That's the whole purpose of their inception. And they've showed through data that they've helped reduce injury and death by a huge amount in just a matter of 40 years. I highly stamp osha obviously there's things that they can fix but like for micro to be anti osha he's only doing it for the coke reason obviously but he's just anti-worker that's the whole thing this thing is boiled down to through all my analysis is that he's an anti-worker hypocrite yeah so and, and it's
2: like so he goes on to say in this pledge like from 2004 to 2008 dirty jobs visited more dangerous job sites than any other tv production crew and they had endless safety talks with industry safety people And the cartoon shows micro sleeping in the media. it's kind of like what i mentioned earlier right and he goes oh yeah we learned about lotto which is lockout tagout, seashell which is confined space respiratory ppe personal protective equipment and the endless checklists right and he goes but like i said earlier we were getting hurt in season four because we got complacent or whatever and basically because we all thought the job site was it was their job to protect us but in reality it's our responsibility and here's what i wrote i'm just going to read it yes motherfucker it is their job and it's your job too but it's both this is complacency you thinking it's someone else's job it should be both when the company gets complacent and think it's only your thing and, and vice versa, it's both. It's not a one-sided match. Like I've been doing this for a while. I know what to look for. I'll cut a corner because it's easier and more comfortable. And then you get hurt. That's complacency, right? And then this is where I, I lost it. I lost it because he talks about traffic intersections. And this, this, I got so mad at this. And he goes, intersections with signs that tell people when and when not to walk are more dangerous than than intersections where there are no signs. And I'll tell you one reason why that is. Because the signs are there because the intersections are more busy.
0: Yeah. More people, there's more traffic there altogether.
1: Exactly. It's why the stop signs are there.
0: There's probably not as many people walking on them if they're not designated to be walked on. Correct. <laughs> there's not as many cars driving because it's not <laughs> an issue where people get hit by cars all the time.
1: What a weird <sighs> data point. I wonder why that is. <laughs> what a stupid, like, like that just that. Oh, man, that is a Jacob. That's such a great point that you bring up. That is. An exact microcosm of micro. That example that you just listed. (laughs) That's micro. It's a microism. Like, goddamn, dude. And I I hate
2: him. I, I wrote this. I hate this guy so much. And then a big Coke, thank you, Coke Industries, comes on the screen and he's shoving his face full of cake in a makeup chair. And this is the guy that we worship as this working class hero. I hate him. You should invite him on the show. At Micro. Yeah. <laughs> Tell Micro to come at me with safety stuff. Go for it, dude. I actually work I the know. job. Not, okay, not to mention with the safety stuff, I got to keep going with this because it drives me crazy. You're on a job, yeah. on, on dirty jobs. Okay, yeah, sure. You went to 200 job sites. You're there one time. You don't do that job every single day. Like everyone does in those jobs. Yeah, maybe they seem. Banal to you those safety measures, but guess what? When you do it every single day, you do get complacent. Just generally, that's that's like human nature. Yeah. So the safety measures are in place when you're not hyper vigilant. Mike Rowe using his example as a as a dirty jobs guy. Oh, I'm an I'm an apprentice. No, you're not. You're TVO's man. You're an opera singer.
1: That's it. You're arguing with people on Facebook about like. People saying support the unions. <laughs> like yeah. spend your time than that. Like yeah. fuck off. You're not some working class guy. I fucking hate that guy. Micro's a little bitch.
2: Micro's a huge bitch. It's <laughs> a huge bitch. Um, okay, so I think we're kind of running on time here. I think yeah. we'll finish the next six pledges and some other micro talking points on the next episode. Before we leave, just another thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Remy. Thank you, RJ. And thank you, Austin. You guys are awesome. Anyone else, come and support the show. Help us grow.